Welcome to the South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the weekly messages. For bulletin material, reflection guides, and other resources, visit southelkhorncc.org. Our reading comes from Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of people born to Jacob was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and that whole generation. But the Israelites were fruitful and prolific. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or, or they will increase and, in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites." The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiprah and the other Puah, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all the people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. In the Netflix world, we call that a cliffhanger. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a story of liberation. God's salvation is always a story of liberation. And perhaps you have a sense of the story to come. Perhaps you know the Exodus story, maybe from Sunday school or a Charlton Heston movie or a DreamWorks Prince of Egypt movie. Perhaps perhaps you know the basic outline about the burning bush, the famous words to Pharaoh, let my people go. The plagues of murder hornets, viruses, and oh, no, wait, sorry, got confused there. Uh, The plagues of gnats and toads, and perhaps you know the parting of the Red Sea, which secured the escape of the once enslaved Israelites. Perhaps you have a sense of the story to come, but maybe not. And if not, well, don't feel badly because that might actually be a good thing. You see, it's when we think we know a story that we so often miss it. Yes, the story is far more bewildering and beautiful, clever and curious, profound and provocative than most of us here remember or realize, including me. 
So I want to invite you into this story. Exodus isn't just any story. It is the story that lays the groundwork for understanding who God is. It is the story that will shape how the people of God recognize God's presence in the world. It is the story that will shape the faith and understanding of generations and generations and generations. It's the story told and retold in the candlelight each Passover. It's the story that Jesus knew, that Jesus lived in his own way, that others saw playing out through him. It is a story that would fuel the liberating spirit and liberating efforts of enslaved and oppressed people throughout history, including enslaved Africans on the plantations of the American South. It is a story that would fuel the liberating spirit and liberating efforts of African Americans who knew that God is a God of the oppressed, who hears the cries of the enslaved and is always working to set God's people free. It is a story of liberation and God's salvation is always a story of liberation. In the weeks to come, we're going to walk through the beginning of Exodus, and I I look forward to learning again, to learning again about who God is, about the way God saves, about the way God loves and liberates, and about what it means to join in the liberating work of God. And this week, the word is resistance. Because before there was a Moses, there was a resistance that made Moses possible. Before the words, let my people go, echoed with God's thunderous love for those in bondage, there was the clever compassion of the midwives who refused the king's commands. Before the inspiring wonder of the burning bush, there was the inspiring wonder of two women who used the Pharaoh's own ethnic racism against him. In a flash, the scene is set. The Israelites also called Hebrews, have lost whatever favor they might have enjoyed when Joseph was remembered. Though they have been in the land for a while, though they have been part of the land's success and prosperity, though they have lived into the Genesis 1 command to be fruitful and multiply, they grew and they spread. Still, even so, they're never considered Egyptian. Only outsiders. The word Hebrew is like a number of words used in the ancient world. Habiru, Apiru. The words all mean boundary crosser, people who have no real home and so who can only cross boundaries literally and figuratively, people who often lived on the boundary of cities and society, people seen as a threat to the boundaries of law and social order. As outsiders, the new Pharaoh, fearful and shrewd, sees a political and economic opportunity an opportunity to unify Egypt against these outsiders in their land, an opportunity for cheap labor to exploit for economic gain. And the racist policy of that empire would have led to the genocidal elimination of the Hebrews, but for Pua and Shipra, God works in wild and wondrous ways. You see, they were likely Egyptian themselves, tasked with overseeing the midwiving operations for the Hebrews. I don't think Pharaoh would have entrusted the infanticide to Hebrews themselves. The phrase Hebrew midwives in scripture can be translated either midwives who were Hebrew or midwives to the Hebrews. These Egyptian women fear God more than the much to be feared Pharaoh. In other words, they know the law of Pharaoh was racist, wrong, and unjust. And with great compassion and at great risk, they resist cleverly. Carefully, they feed Pharaoh his own racist line of thinking. Oh, these Hebrews, 
you know, they're, they're not as dainty and fragile as our civilized Egyptian women. You know that, O oh king. No, no, no. No, they're like the animals you think they are. We just can't get to them in time before they shoot out another child. The word vigorous in the scripture is perhaps better translated animal-like, which is the way racism works, demeaning entire people by comparing them to animals. It happened then, and it's happened since. We need to remember their names, Shipra and Pua. These Egyptian women who would not sit comfortably in their Egyptian privilege, but instead worked cunningly and compassionately to safeguard the lives of the oppressed. We need to say the names of Shipra and Pua because without them, the story would have looked very different. We need to know the names of Shipra and Pua because they are models of faithful resistance in the face of racist policy, in the face of racialized fear, in the face of a political opportunity. We need to celebrate the names of Shipra and Pua because they are named. They are given the dignity of names in scripture. Shipra meaning beautiful one. Beautiful because with great strength, she trusted God enough to resist. Pua meaning simply girl because girls can and have and will again change the world. Thanks for listening to the message this week. Visit southelkorncc.org where you can download reflection and discussion guides to dig deeper into the weekly scripture message.